You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the 1865 Match Report. So I'm Baz and I'll be joined by Tom and Adam as we record uh, this the day after Forrest made it through to their first League Cup quarter-final since uh, 1994. In what ended up being quite a feisty match, Steve Cooper opted to bring back the first team after that demolition at Blackpool and only Gustavo Scarpa kept his place and we lined up with Henderson in goal, Bolly and Worrell in the middle with Lodi and Aurier outside, Froyler, Mangala and Yates in the, held the midfield with Scarpa, Jono and Gibbs-White up front. And Gibbs-White, playing against his old club, made the first goal with a corner. Uh, Bolly reacted fastest after the corner went in and he poked the ball into the goal. Wolves reacted strongly and forced several saves from Henderson, including two really good ones. But um, Forrest started brighter in the second half. Gibbs-White having a shot saved and then he put in some fancy footwork to meet Aurier, whose shot was blocked. Bolly got injured. At one point, it looked like he was going to need a stretcher to, um, to take him off, but McKenna came on to replace him. But straight after that, uh, Wolves reacted best to the change with a quick breakaway, a pinpoint cross, and Jimenez puts it in the back of the net. Wolves seemed to dominate most of the rest of the match, but um, Emmanuel Dennis and Jack Colback, who both came on as subs, uh, they combined. Colback almost scoring when his deflection bounced off the inside of the post. And then with it uh, raining quite heavily, um, the game broke into some angry scenes as Wolves thought they deserved a penalty towards the end. But it remained level at the final whistle, leading to a penalty shootout, no extra time. Uh, Surridge, who was also on a sub, he missed the first penalty, but then Henderson saved from Ruben Neves. Froiler, Worrell, Gibbs-White all scored. Uh, we'll talk more about Gibbs-White later, and then as, as did Wolves. So the final penalty, the final two, it was up to Jack Colback to put it away, which he did. That put all the pressure onto Wolves' uh, Joe Hodge, but Henderson was up to the task and saved it, which means Forrest are now through to the semi-final and a date with Manchester United over two legs. Watching all the action last night uh, was Tom Newton. So how was it for you? Very good. With the with the result at the end of it, um, I thought first 25 to 30 minutes, I thought Forrest were on it on the front foot and everything. Then Wolves just started to grow into the game. And towards the end of the game, without being too negative, I thought Forrest was just hanging on in there. Um, because, and I think it's just the fact that Wolves have been a Premier League side for the last few years. So it's a matter of that they could bring Daniel Pedence on, um, uh, Cunha, um, Ruben Neves, and Ad- Ad- Adoma Truores. And when you look at our bench, no disrespect to the players what come on because they did a job and got us over the line in, in the penalty shootout. But we brought on. Sam Surridge, Chap Colback, Manuel Dennis, and uh, Scott McKenna, and 
the, they're good squad players, but they're not in the calibre of what Wolves can bring on. And I just thought that, uh, yeah, towards the last 20 minutes, they were really turning the, um, the screw. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was, thought it was just wanted penalties and it duly happened. So, um, yeah, you say we were on the front foot at the start of it. So, was the style of play like similar to like the second half against Chelsea then? So, we're like pressing high and that kind of thing? Yeah, pretty, um, pretty much. I mean, uh, Johnson got in uh, a couple of times uh, combined with Gibbs White pretty well. And we all knew Gibbs White was going to be up for it playing against his former club. Uh, Scarp got on the ball one early. And yeah, it was like a really decent press. Um, uh, yeah, just as the game went on, and especially when Ruben Neves come on, they were a lot quicker and um, coming through the, uh, the lines and everything. And there was a couple of times where we had the won the ball etc but then Mangala was sometimes guilty of giving the ball away and everybody's pushed on then obviously was scampering back and I think if they had a striker I mean Raul Jimenez he's, he's been decent but if they had a, like another striker they probably might have finished the job off um, last night because they got into some really good positions but just didn't finish it off and then Henderson's made some brilliant saves from uh, uh, the South Korean guy, I can't remember, is it um, Wee Chan? Yeah. And um, Jimenez. So, um, so, yeah, on another day, um, they could have finished that off and we could have been uh, was it, out the tie. Was it us tiring or was it them just being better or, or having uh, more experience? A bit, a, a bit of both, really. Uh, a bit of both. I mean, we pressed really well in the first 30 minutes and etc but um, yeah then they start to like grow into the game Neves comes on and I'm no disrespect towards but I'm st- uh, surprised he's still there because hmm. every time I've seen him he's been a really special player and I would have thought he would have gone on to bigger and better things uh, by now but obviously it hasn't happened and uh, and yeah I thought um, yeah I thought Wolves under Lopetegui um, they look a, a lot better side hmm. and if they do get a strike out, I think they will pull away from the relegation zone. I know that um, he, that the manager, he got a yellow card in, in the second half. Um, but it seems to be that one of the things he's brought to them is a bit of fight and a bit of like spirit. Yeah, he's, he wears his heart on his sleeve, does <laughs> Rob Tegan. I mean, he, he's probably like still uh, in a rage after that goal, wasn't given at Anfield on Saturday in the FA Cup. But um, yeah, he's, he's got them fighting and really pumped up, and he doesn't sit down. and And I think Wolves have got a really good manager in uh, Lopetegui. Um, <coughs> just, just quickly then. So uh, with the, with the penalty incident, uh, so I didn't watch a game, but um, so how did you see it with the, the thing at the end that that, that that sparked all the arguments? Um, unfortunate that it wasn't given. I've seen them given. Mm. and I don't think VAR was in operation last night because no, I think it would have gone straight to VAR and I think it um, depending on the referee and what was said uh, with the VAR referees I think it would have been overturned um, but some are given some aren't and mm. if you remember last season um, a lot weren't given compared to what was given last season yeah, yeah. especially with Johnson um, so yeah I've, it was clumsy at best Mm-hmm. From from Dennis, um, he's made not really a grip much attempt to win the ball, and I think it's he's his contact. But some are given, some aren't. So we're probably fortunate last night that obviously it wasn't given. 
Yep, and I suppose yeah, from Wolves' point of view, it's it's a bit bit much to have that twice in a row. Yeah. Um, speaking of um, Wolves players or ex-Wolves players, uh, just a word about Willie Bolly then, uh, because he seems to be grown into his. Well, I can remember at the start of the season, me going, "What the hell have we bought here?" Because um, <laughs> he seemed to be a bit all over the place, but he seems to to be making himself quite essential. Yeah, and I think that goes down to the coaching staff of what they want from Bolly. I think too much when he first came into the side, he was like trying to play. I think he was like Beckenbauer when he ultimately wasn't. Um, mm. I think the coaching staff has just told him just to stick to your defensive attributes of what he's actually good at. And he's been rock solid. And I just hope he is in time for a long amount of time because him and Walt since coming to the side, I think it was against Spurs in the um Mm. The Carabao Cup, they've been pretty much solid, uh, to be honest. So, um, yeah, I just hope it's not a long-term injury because um, Cook and uh, McKenna, they've had their uh, <coughs> frailties this season and Nick Carter, we, we don't know when he's back. So, yeah, we're looking a bit short at centre-half at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then Laurel, obviously, uh, as you say, he was quite solid himself, uh, which again is an improvement from the, the start of the season where he got quite a lot of uh, complaints from people. Yeah, and I think it's a good thing from Steve Cooper. He's like, he's took him out of the side and he's probably evaluated what needs what he needs to do to be um, a really decent defender in the Premier League. And he's, he's gone away, probably worked on his game a bit more. And um, yeah, apart from... The only grievance recently of Warwick is he probably let that ball come into the area um, against Chelsea a bit too easily from Pulisic. Mm-hmm. But um, all in all, um, Warwick's been pretty solid with uh, Bolly at the back. Then obviously Aurier and uh, Lottie, who I think at the start of the season, I don't know if it was the language barrier or um, getting used to how we're playing, but he's been brilliant, Lottie has, uh, in the last few weeks. And Adama Traore, come on and... Lodi had in his in his back pocket at the end of the day. He's been a really, really good um player and hopefully that will work continue uh, for the rest that's, of the season. That's nice to know as well, because the trail is um, pretty fast. Yeah, he, is. he never got he never got away from him last night. He really didn't. And uh, sometimes they did double up on him. But um yeah, the um they managed uh Troy really well. Um, what about the midfield then? How how's they, they they play? Uh, I want to have a quick word about Ryan Yates in in a sec, but the, about the other two. Um, Ryan's one of those players. I think if you don't notice him, then he's had a really good game. Yeah, he, he, um, he conducts and organises around him. He is a decent player. Like like I've said on previous uh, podcasts, he you do not get over. I think it's fifty odd caps for Switzerland if you're a poor player, and they've. Um, been pretty decent at tournaments in uh, recent years, and um, yeah, I, I like him. I do. He's not, he's not like the most um, flamboyant player, but he does a job in there. And Yates is in there. Who other teams just they mentioned it on Radio Nottingham last night that Yates must be horrible to play against because Nigley he, he wins. I think he's in the top four of winning the most free kicks in the Premier League this season. He just breaks up playing. He's becoming a really good player with the ball now. And hopefully that will continue again. And, and <clears throat> Mangala at times, um, he, bro- he broke up play pretty well. But then when you want to play a pass, he just gave it back to Wolves and all that good work, what he's done. It's been undone with like a 
just a simple five-yard pass gets intercepted, then we're scampering back and that got a bit um, annoying a few times last night. Well, yeah, I was, I was watching the highlights and the thing I noticed was pretty much all of Wolves' chances seemed to come from a missed pass from him, which um, is worrying. Yeah, it is. And I think when you got the... Because at the moment, we're not seeing as much of the ball and we can let them have it, the ball quite a few times over a period of a game. But yeah, when you do have it and you've won possession, we've got to make it count and you can't just keep giving it back to the opponents and... If you like, says if you had a position, like teams will punish you in this league. And I know it was only the cup last night, but it was, Wolves were still a Premier League side, and they've been pretty decent over the last few years. So, yeah, we, we've just got to improve a lot better with the ball. A quick word on Gustavo Scarpa because I've not seen him play yet. Uh, I've not seen him in, in the flesh, uh, so he's he's intriguing me. Pretty decent. He he come on against uh, Southampton last week and. Mm-hmm. Had a good uh, 60 odd uh, minutes or whatever it was. Um, Blackpool, I don't think he was helped with the personnel around him. Then last night, um, yeah, he got on the ball quite a few times and trying to make things happen. But um, I think he's, I think he only did he come off? I think he come off about yeah. after 60, 70 minutes or so. I think it's just a matter of, um, like getting the fitness into his legs and getting used to the um, intensity of the um, well against Premier League teams. And the rumour is we're after another player from Palmeiras, so we're, we're adding to our little Brazilian contingent as well. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll be like watching Brazil soon, won't we? With uh, <laughs> all the Samba boys coming over from South America. So, um, just so this, I need to touch on this because um, obviously we got pretty much taken apart by Blackpool the other day. Um, this was 10 changes, Scarpa, the only player that kept his place. Um, it shows that actually, despite all the newspaper and press talk, media talk about us signing so many players, we haven't actually got that much depth in there, have we? And you touched on it there with what we can bring on from the bench. Yeah, um, at the end of the day, and I don't want to be negative at everything what's happened in the last year, but as a Premier League side, we're the least developed Premier League side mm. in terms of, like Brentford have been in there a few seasons and if you, Wolves come up and they've added and kept adding over the years and, and Fulham have obviously, they've gone down to the prem, um, down from the Premier League into the Championship and back again and kept the nucleus of their side who are basically um, battle-hardened for the Premier League. We haven't had that. Mm. So, the first eleven. He's pretty decent um, because of where we are in the Premier League and what we've done. Okay, we've had a few drubbings along the way, but I think that's part of the learning curve. But beyond that, um, I'm thankful for what the players have done over the last 18 months, but we haven't got the strength in depth, um, to be honest. I mean, when they can bring on uh, Daniel Pedence, who's Mm. played in um, international tournaments for Portugal, when they can bring Cunha on... um, Adama Troy, who's had a stint at Barcelona, and Ruben Neves, who, like I says, I'm surprised he's still at Wolves. Um, when they, you can bring that player quality on, and we haven't got that, I think it's going to take us a few um, transfer windows to get to that um, standard. And, and the squad, like I says, the first 11 is pretty decent, but beyond that, once we've had a few injuries, etc., I think we are scraping the barrel in terms mm. of. Uh, matching up with the quality of other, what other Premier League sides have. 
And we have to remember that actually for most of the last, whatever, 10 years or so, we've been at best a mid-table championship side. So so to yep. to, to expect yeah. the squad to be able to suddenly grow and deal with that. Yeah, and when we're on any horizon of um, success with a certain player, we've sold them. Mm. And I think that's just been, unfortunately, the name of the game for Forrest um, in recent years. And I think in the last few years, we've dealt with that quite well in terms of if we've had to sell somebody then we've replaced them i.e. if it's a loan signing so I know Matty Cash went and um, and Christy come in but then we replaced that position with Jed Spence who was phenomenal last year so we kind of got over that but yeah this season if we stay in the Premier League we've got to keep growing the squad and if that means like fringe players who have done well for us in the past have to leave the club and I just think that's just—it's um, just one of those things. If yeah. you want to grow as a football club, then you, you've got to strike for better. And if certain players are not good enough, then unfortunately, so be it. It's just the name of the game. And I think, yeah, you you have to have some sort of rotation, just as much to keep people on their toes a bit as well. Yeah, and I mean, there was a few people around me last night who were saying, "Oh, come on, Johnson, press." And if you see what Brendan Johnson does in the game. You, you cannot run yourself into the ground because if you, you run yourself into the ground, you got, you got to know when to run, when to not run. Mm-hmm. And it's on looking at somebody from the stand looking at Ron Johnson, you think he's lazy and everything. But if he runs himself into the ground and runs on every opportunity, he's not going to be uh, match fit, is he, for um, the game on Saturday against uh, Leicester? Yeah, and yeah, and that's that's the 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 worrying thing about the the size or the the depth of our squad is yeah we've got some pretty big games coming up, um, and yeah we're going to end up relying on the same eleven players for all of them. But yeah, that's how it is, I guess. The eighteen sixty five match report. You're listening to eighteen sixty five Nottingham Forest podcast. Dean Henderson. So a couple of outstanding saves. Obviously, penalty shootout hero, but he can't play against Man United. So where does that leave us? Well, if Man, I'd take a gamble. If I was far as high, okay, I'd take a gamble. No disrespect to Wayne Hennessy, but he's a number two for a reason, and he's done a job for us this season, but. Our undisputed number one is Dean Henderson. He doesn't want to go to Man United for what he said mm. um, at the start of the season about broken promises. Man David United Gea, don't want him. Ten Hag doesn't want him. Yeah, David De Gea, if he does leave because of obviously how big his contract is, they're going to get a goalkeeper of European standard. So if I was Forrest, I'd just put a bid in. Yeah, because and see if we can get him in before whatever, the end yeah. of January. Yeah, exactly. And uh, just take a gamble. I mean, sometimes you have to take a gamble in the world of football. And if it, if it was a championship club, then I'd say no, don't take the gamble. But and I know we've got to be a bit box clever when, when it comes to signings and we can't make many uh, failures in the transfer window. But when you're in the Premier League, you've got that bit of like, they cut you a bit of slack, don't they? So... Hmm we probably can afford to bring Dean Henderson in. But on the other hand, it hasn't really worked for Manuel or Dennis and 
I think that's been a bit of a disaster. That, so we can't keep doing it. But with how Dean Henderson's played at the start of this season, I, I think is, I think it, the best thing is for us to sign him permanently because he wants. He, he looks like he loves playing here. Mm. How he was last night, um, banging his chest on where the badge is and everything, and he's not going to get like we said when he's not going to get to Man to uh, if I was I was hard putting a bid for him. Um, and just on that, so yeah, as you say, he obviously looks like he's enjoying himself. He's, uh, I like a, a keeper who, as they say, has a bit of character about him. He was um, winding up the Wolves fans, and he was. Um, giving it all in the, the penalty shootout. He was not quite Bree Samba level, but not far off. Um, that's something I'd like to see. The only question mark I've got about him is really his distribution. Yeah. I mean, when you've got, what is it, 78-yard uh, wide pitch and he, he puts it right on the touchline and sometimes it goes out of play. And he needs to polish up that side of the game uh, because Samba was brilliant, wasn't he, with his distribution, mm-hmm. etc. So if you can do that, because he's still a relatively young keeper. If he can do that, then um, then obviously it's another string to his bow. Um, but uh, um, we've said it last season, didn't we, with Samba? He's a prick, but he's our prick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Henderson is starting to become... I know he's not technically ours in terms of contractual, but um, yeah, he's a prick, but he's our prick. And I love how he winds up the Wolves fans and, and everything. And he tried to end it got the Forest fans going didn't he and I think he absolutely loved the penalty shootout and we've seen it previously haven't we um, he's safe from uh, Declan Rice he's safe from Harry Kane and uh, I think the only penalty he's let in this season well I know he's a hard miss it was Ruben Neves and obviously mm. he put that goes to rest didn't he with um, the safe from Ruben Neves last night so, uh, speaking of winding people up, then, so we have to talk about. Uh, so there was a brawl at the end of the at the end of the match, um, and Morgan Gibbs White, uh, obviously with the Wolves fans. So we we discussed this very briefly before before the podcast. We've been it's on our group chat all morning. Um, Morgan Gibbs White and the Wolves fans. There doesn't seem to be much love lost there, and his reaction after scoring and the rest of our team and how they've supported him, that seems to have uh, triggered a few things with people. Yeah. Um, with Gibbs, I don't get it because he's from Stafford. So he's like, I think it's the black country, but so he's born and bred around that area. <laughs> he's, he's come from you, Franks. He started the season from my um, knowledge, he never asked for a transfer. And Wolves fans saying, oh, he's no good, he was this and that and everything. He brought them in 30 million quid and he gets all that stick. Then I'm not like saying um, two wrongs don't make right and this, that and the other, but Willie Bolly openly said, I do not want to play for Wolverhampton Wanderers. <laughs> and, he, he, and that's how we got him. And he got cheered off. And Gibbs White got all the pelt, uh, absolute pelters. Um, I didn't get it. Um, and then when he was walking for the penalty, I thought, mm. because <laughs> uh, I just, he missed, they didn't take the final penalty for Sheffield United at that yeah. end. 3,000 Wolves fans or whatever were there giving him the bird. <laughs> and I thought, just stick the penalty away. Then he, I mean, he got mentioned already in Nottingham last night, and that, 
Steve, uh, Steve Cooper was asked about his technique in the run-up. Yes. And he says, well, if that's what he wants to do and he's comfortable in doing that, who am I to say not to do yeah. <laughs> what he did? But it was quite a funny one, wasn't it? Because the Wolves fans below me were like cheering, um, saying, uh, thinking uh, Jose Sarr saved it and he just nestles into the corner. <laughs> and then he obviously puts his uh, fingers to his ears. And you see, there's a camera angle of, you can see the front of Morgan Gibbs White. But there's one which is behind Morgan Gibbs White. You see all the Wolves fans and mm. giving him the, the the bird and everything. And uh, I, I do love that. And I think some, sometimes football has become a bit like robots. And I, I do love that bit of banter and um, etc. And we had it from Henderson. We had it from Sam last season. And I just love that side of the game. And if you remember from years gone by, every time Colin Moore scored in front of the. Um, if he was obviously playing away from home and he was scored in front of the home fans and he used to uh, give it the big end. I, yeah. I love all that. And I think sometimes, you know, like football's like missing a few characters in the game. So, yeah, I, I love all of that. I, I also love the fact that, yeah, Colback and Anderson, they chose to join in with the, with what Gibbs White did as a, like a show of solidarity. Yeah, I saw that. And Cunha did it and... It didn't really work, did it? With turning <laughs> to the to the Forest fans, so uh, like, yeah, he tried to jump on the bandwagon, and uh, yeah, I can see why Henderson and Colback did it for solidarity and all that. So, so yeah, um, then, yeah so we've also got um, Adam's view on on Gibbs White and and the Wolves fans, uh, which um, he had a, a bit to say this morning. The Gibbs White situation does make me laugh because you've got to consider it like this, right? At the start of the season. Played for Wolves, and Wolves fans, he's not good enough, you know, he's this, he's that, you know, he's not got any product, he's not going to do anything, he's not going to, he's not going to come into this Wolves side and make a difference. Forrester really interested him, Steve Cooper's a massive fan of him, we bring him in, right? The fee gets branded around Sky Sports and all this sort of stuff, and nine times out of ten it's, it's completely wrong, and the way that the, the fee's structured... Is always, it, it, the headline is, oh, it's £40 million for Gibbs White, and it's not. We all know that. And at this point, by the way, even if it was £40 million, quid, I wouldn't care. I'd be perfectly fine with that, considering how young he is and how talented he already is. But the Wolves fans then, when they sell him, so you've got this player, you not you don't think he's good enough, you sell him, and then you get him out of the club, you know, you've got, you've got what you wanted, right, he's left. Then tag him and mention him on Twitter or whatever, every social media platform to say, good riddance, the money is, you're not worth that, you're not worth this, you know, it's ridiculous they've paid that much for you, blah, 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 blah. Now, football players and modern-day footballers, you know, you'd be naive to think they don't look on social media, right? In an ideal world, they wouldn't, right? But they do. Everything that Morgan Gibbs-White, that was put about Morgan Gibbs-White by these Wolves fans and stuff, he has seen, right? He's, He's 21, 22, of course he's seen them, Right? So he sees all of this, and you know when we played um, Wolves last night again, stick from the fans, you know loads of stick from the fans, even though he only left for thirteen minutes, which he wasn't going to get at Wolves, right? So loads of stick from the Wolves fans. Every time he goes over to take a corner, loads of stick, shouting abuse at him, all this sort of stuff. He then scores his penalty and decides, I'm just going to wind them up a little bit. And I've seen Wolves posting, oh, it's disgraceful, it's disgusting, it's unprofessional, it's vile. I'm thinking, 
on a on a human level, would you not understand why he'd want to do that? Would you not understand why he'd be frustrated about the way that Wolves fans have treated him in general? It's not been fantastic, has it? Like, and maybe as a as a wider point, if a player celebrates against his old club and they've given him no stick whatsoever and they've clapped him on the pitch and all that sort of stuff, you'd probably be a bit like, all right, mate, like we we've given you everything you wanted back, but the amount of abuse he's had. I mean, I, I saw vile stuff from Wolves fans on Twitter about him when, when he joined Forest. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I, I get it. I get where he's coming from. I get why he, he felt the need to, to do that celebration. But I don't think it was disgusting. I don't think it was unprofessional. I think, ultimately, at the end of the game, and obviously the, the brawl that ensued and stuff, you don't want to see that, you, like, the, the pushing and shoving and stuff with the players on the pitch. You don't want to see that, and I think both clubs would be fine for that. But the little celebration after he scored his penalty, I think is perfectly acceptable. And Wolves fans saying it's disgusting, it's baffling to me. And then just to sort of counter what, what Adam ended with there, um, I would say I'd rather have the our players getting involved in a brawl than looking completely disinterested, which, I mean, for the last... There, there have been points over the last 20 years where our players look like they were just there to pick up their paycheck and, and go off. So I'd rather see them working for each other and maybe stepping over the line a little bit than than not stepping up, if that makes sense. Yeah. At the start of the season, we, we did look a bit like uh, strangers, didn't we? But mm. um, yeah, it goes down to um, Steve Cooper having that like solidarity and fighting team spirit, which is... We've needed it, haven't we? Because obviously we're up against it in the Premier League first time in 23 years and everything. And they had that um, team spirit last year, what got us over the line um, at Wembley. So, um, and obviously it's taken a bit of time this season, but I think all the players are actually buying into what Steve Cooper wants. Yeah, brilliant. However, it's going to get us in trouble with the FA, definitely. Yeah, yeah, so but at the end of the day, it's just the fine, isn't it? And I mean, yeah. all right, it brings us a bit of bad press, but but it's one of them, isn't it? So yeah, I'd rather, I don't I'd rather know. that or staying up and 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 making progress. Yeah, than, definitely. Definitely anything else. So um, so that's that. We're through to the um, quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup first. Uh, semi, semi. Oh, semi. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, that's that's. Um, First one this 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 millennium, which is pretty yeah. good. It's actually the first one. It's the first semi-final of the League Cup since it was the Rumbelows Cup <laughs> back in 1992. And um, if you watch the game back on YouTube, I think it's on there, the full game. Yeah. I've only watched bits of it. I haven't been that much of a geek to watch the whole game. <laughs> but um, yeah, check out Roy Keane's bullet header. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It takes <laughs> the net right. out. Yeah, one in uh, extra time back in the, uh, the old uh, White Hart Lane. Yep. Well, I mean that. This, and that's the thing is, um, we've got quite a busy January coming up. So we've got Leicester on Saturday. Uh, we've got Bournemouth away after that, and then we've got Leeds at home at the beginning of February. And as I said last time, those are all three teams that are right sandwiched with us. So getting some points on the board for them uh, is going to be really important. But we've also got these two games with Manchester United. Um, to come up so uh, our squad or the depth of it or whatever is going to be really really important however we're going to be there with the match reports uh, we hope you can join us so thank you Tom 
Uh, thank you, Adam, and especially thanks to you for listening. And we'll see you on Saturday. Podcast Network.